welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Acts chapter 9, and what a chapter it is. I am so excited to welcome back host of Mornings with Carmen, Carmen LaBerge. Welcome. Good. Hello, hello, hello. I know, I almost said good, good morning. morning. You know, yeah. That's my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you're used to. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, this is a great chapter. Oh my goodness. That's, yes. It's, there's so much that's happening. And yes, okay, let's just dive right in. Mm-hmm. So what is your, because you chose the chapter, what what is it that makes you so excited well, about it? I chose this chapter because I love the Apostle Paul and and I love his writings and I feel like his contributions to the life of the early church and then every generation since then is so significant that having the gift of the story of his conversion is incredible. And so that's what we have in Acts chapter 9. We have God's gift to us of the story of the conversion of the person we know as Paul. Right. Who was Saul of Tarsus before that and met Jesus. If you haven't read the chapter yet, you should really go and read it and then come back and listen to this conversation. But- yes, please do, because we're going to spoil everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, it's so dramatic that he is he's on the road and then Jesus. Well, I don't know that Jesus appears to him, but he hears Jesus saying, mm-hmm. why are you, where mm-hmm. are you persecuting me? I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, he had just been in Jerusalem, right? Looking for, um, like, getting permission okay, so to go and yeah, gather yeah. people. That's exactly right. So he's in Jerusalem. He's getting letters um, that permit him to go to the synagogues in Damascus and basically do a witch hunt, looking for people of the way, men and women who... Uh, you know, have committed their lives to Christ, committed their their lives to Jesus. So he's going to, he has these letters authorizing him from, you know, the big head honchos in uh, probably in the Sanhedrin to go and, you know, serve as this agent of persecution. There's no other way to say it. He's going, he's going to arrest these people. He's going to drag them back to Jerusalem, men and women. um, And he's going to, probably be sure that what happened to Stephen happens to them. Like this is Saul who stood alongside and held people's coats while Stephen was stoned. That's who we're talking about. Yeah. And then Jesus himself appears to him. And I just want to make one note. If you're listening and Sanhedrin and Pharisees and all of those ruling bodies in the, in the Jewish, in the Jewish tradition, if those are kind of confusing to you, Go to the study guide in the back of the study guide. Dr. Fox laid it all out and explains what they are, who they are, and what they do and why they do what they do. So if you want to kind of get a grasp on that, you can go to the end of the study guide and find that information. And so then this Jesus that Saul is persecuting appears to him. Okay, which we should remind people, Jesus has not only died on the cross and risen from the dead, but he has ascended into heaven and some period of time has passed, like right. a yes. significant period of time. <laughs> and so when um, when Paul is literally like stunned, he stopped cold um, on the road. He's on his way to Damascus. He's like the what it says is a light shone from heaven um, and falling to the ground. So whatever the light was, was heavy. So um, one of the things I know about the glory of God is that it's weighty. It's mm. it's actually described in the Bible as heavy. So I want you, I mean, I imagine to myself 
that what Paul witnessed here is the same thing that Peter, James, and John witnessed on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus, you know, his the fullness of his glory is yeah. revealed to them, all right, they are what happens? They collapse to the ground. They have to, I mean, they have to shield themselves because it's so bright. It's it's a glory you cannot, human eyes cannot behold. And so Saul is standing somehow in the middle of the the glory of the ascendant Christ. I can't explain that, but that's what happens here. And Jesus speaks directly to him. Yeah. And it's you, extraordinary. It it's is. totally extraordinary. Well, yeah. and that it's, it's from Saul's perspective, it's his greatest enemy. I mean, that's who he's fighting against is now appearing to him in all of his glory. I just can't, even, I can't begin to wrap my head around what that was like for him. And then he's struck blind and his companions have, have to lead him on to Damascus. Mm-hmm. And where, where, where Jesus has already, you know, spoken to one of his disciples, like, right, by, by mm-hmm. the, Jesus appears in a vision to a guy named Ananias, and he's done the other side of the conversation, like, right, in preparation. And I love how tender Ananias is in response to the Lord, you know, here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Lord asked Ananias to do something that I got to tell you, it would have been <clears throat> really hard to agree to do. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Jesus is asking him to go talk to Saul. And he's like, um, <laughs> hang on, Lord. Go lay hands yeah. on the guy who came yeah. to identify and kill all the Christians. That's, yeah. that's, that's the guy I want you to go lay hands on. And then he tells him why. And I think, Angela, that for me, um, that verses 15 and 16 are for me really key to understanding not only why this, um, this chapter is included in this story in this chapter, but it helps us understand why Paul's conversion had to happen, mm-hmm. like why it was necessary. So uh, the Lord says to him, he's, this is again, this is to Ananias, who is going to go and lay hands on Paul. Uh, so the Lord says, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. It is anything you've ever read from the Apostle Paul or will read from the Apostle Paul, you should come back to these verses and compare his life to these verses. Yeah. And and that Ananias goes. I mean, the next verse is, so he went. So Ananias went. And and I love how God explained to him why. You know, he, God tells Ananias to go and Ananias says, um, wait a second, I've heard what this guy is doing. I'm not sure. Then the verses you just read, verses 15 and 16, outlining what Saul is going to be to what the Lord is trying to accomplish on earth. And so Ananias goes, and I think it's so brave. And, you know, it makes me think about, it makes me think about when God has asked us sometimes to do something. Like when you sense that God is leading you to do something, we don't know what the other side of that is. You know what I mean? Exactly. Oh, exactly. And yeah. so I love his obedience in that. I also love that Ananias um, addresses um, Saul as brother. Mm. So he's already clear that God has chosen this person. He is a chosen instrument of mine. That is what that is what the Lord has communicated to Ananias. Um, to carry my name, which means, and suffer for the sake of my name, which means uh, 
Saul bears the name of Christ already. And Ananias understands that. Like somehow in this 72 hours of being blinded by the light, um, you know, there has been a come to Jesus um, for Saul. And Ananias knows that when he walks into the room because he addresses him as brother Saul. Yeah. And and I love then what we see Saul go on to do, that he is preaching and he's preaching boldly in the name of Jesus, preaching about Jesus. And and the, you know, I like that. I appreciate that it out kind of outlines the response of people that they're not sure people aren't really (laughs) trusting him. A little bit skeptical. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so they take him to the apostles and and they continue to 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 preach Jesus and and give author, you know give authority to what Saul knows and it and I, you know I, I have been thinking about this a lot during our when we've been studying Luke and learning about the governing bodies within mm-hmm. the Jewish tradition belief religion um and then now studying in Acts what I mean I just have a deeper appreciation for Saul's conversion and Mm -hmm. for what lay ahead for Paul to have to take everything that he knew, everything that he would say identifies him as a Jew, that identifies him as a Pharisee, as a leader, is turned upside on its head by Jesus's resurrection, by Jesus, you know, becoming, fulfilling the law Mm -hmm. and what we see him do. Yeah, he's also, I think, um, in verse 29, you know, he, in Jerusalem, he's he's regarded as the first, you know, person to really have uh, a means of speaking with the Gentiles. I mean, he's talking mm-hmm. with the Hellenists, and that's because he's one of them. You know, in addition to being a Jew and a Jew among Jews, he's also a Roman citizen. And so that's going to be incredibly relevant in um in Paul's story going forward and that would be one thing that as you're reading the book of acts you want to you want to sort of follow along and note why does Paul have access to certain things or why is he able to go places where other people certainly wouldn't be able to go or talk to people in these particular ways or know how to argue about these things or and and it's because you know he is um a, a well educated person of privilege in every in every way shape and form and I, I think we have to remember that. I mean, he he's a person who knows Hebrew. He is a person who knows Greek. Um, he is a Roman citizen. Um, and so he has access and ability and privilege. And uh, it's it's a significant he is a significant person. And I think Jesus chose him for strategic kingdom advancement. And um, Saul, <laughs> Saul turned out to be just the right guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so like Jesus to pick out exactly yeah, right. the right guy. And I think it's interesting too, that everywhere he goes, people want to murder him. They want to kill yes. him. There's no it's like good, arresting him. It's just, no. they straight up just want to murder him. Yeah. Which, you know, frankly, if you're a Jew, uh, I mean like a, uh, genuinely Jewish Jew, you can understand because he has an irrefutable testimony among your people. Mm. Um, if you are a Roman, um, you are now concerned because there is a person of prominence in this movement that was from this, you know, up to this point, pretty ragtag bunch. Anything else from this chapter that sticks out to you or? That you oh, goodness. So much in this chapter. I, um, I, I, I think that the, you know, thinking, giving some thought to um to Ananias and and how we would respond I think that is just good for all of us to think about and then don't miss um don't miss Dorcas 
<laughs> at the end of the chapter, because I think we tend to imagine that all the miracles were done by Jesus, particularly these kinds of miracles. Um, so don't miss, this is not a spoiler alert, this is a read all the way to the end, don't miss the story of Dorcas at the end of Acts chapter 9. It is remarkable. And something that has stuck out to me too is that the as the apostles and the followers of Jesus are healing, when Jesus was healing, we were seeing Jesus or hearing Jesus say that this is, your faith has made you well. And we're not seeing this, this here, that it's it's about their faith. It's like the power of the Holy Spirit in them is just doing the work. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I think the other observation, you asked me if there was any other observations. One of the notes that I made um, about Paul's conversion, Paul's conversion isn't about saving Paul mm-hmm. or saving Saul. It's so not. Like, I, I think we tend to think, we tend to imagine as, you know, 21st century people that salvation is, first of all, our decision, um, and and it's me and Jesus, and it's about me. It's about me getting saved and getting to go to heaven. Mm. Okay. If you read this story of conversion, uh, there is nothing here about making Saul's life better, uh, about granting him anything. This is about the kingdom advancement of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think we should keep that in mind in terms of why we are saved. That's such a great perspective shift. Because I think you're right. That is how we come to it that, oh, I'm going to be saved. I'm going to get my ticket. I'm going to do what I need to do to go to heaven. And the whole... I mean, I, I think it took me a while <laughs> to learn that it's that it's about exactly what you're saying. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about adva- advancing the kingdom of God. It's about what I can, it's about how, not even what I can do. It's about how I can submit and partner with what God is already at work mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I have, one, I have one more thing before mm-hmm. you run us off because I know we're out of time. <laughs> so for people who joined us in reading through um, Luke, I suspect that when they read the story of Peter um, restoring, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the life of Dorcas, they are going to be taken back to Luke chapter four and what Peter experienced in Jesus raising up his own mother-in-law. So that would be a parallel passage to consider in terms of sort of why Peter would even imagine this was possible. I mean, this is Peter who not only witnessed it happening, He was also one to whom Jesus said, you know, greater things you're going to do than I. And so, and the Holy Spirit is fully upon him. So there you go. Just thought I would point that out. Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you. Well, thank you, Carmen. Thank you so much for joining me for Acts chapter 9. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us for Acts chapter 9. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we will see you next time for Acts chapter 10. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com. 